back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett and Dunn, Boot and Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Brian Jacobs. Welcome back again to Sports Time. Bryant and Brett with you in our family leisure studios. And joining us now from the commercial appeal, he's the Grizzlies beat writer, DeMichael Cole, joins us now. DeMichael, thanks so much for joining us. We're only a couple of days away from the Grizzlies kicking off the regular season, but the news that came out yesterday morning was was a big one. It was a uh, big Woj bomb, um, if you will, but uh, Steven Adams will miss the entire year. He'll need surgery. What did you make of that news, and, and how shocked were you when you saw it? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely surprising because, you know, we we kind of heard that, you know, he he was full participant in practices, the five-on-fives, and um, we saw him in games. Like, we saw him in open practice. We saw him, you know, in in two preseason games, I'll be at 27 minutes, but we saw Stephen Adams playing, and, you know, uh, him on the floor, he looked good, but... Uh, clearly, you know, it, as the the Grizzlies said about the you know knee instability and things like that, there was just too much going on to the point where you know he was still having issues with it flaring up and all that stuff. Yeah, Demichael, I was hoping after seeing it in that first preseason game, kind of good to go. I, I just wonder at what point in the summertime were the Grizzlies first aware that this could be the case? And Demichael, don't you think the front office? maybe even accompanied by Team Medical, needs to have a full hashing out of everything from January 31 to now? I'll say this. This situation was tough, you know, because, for one, it's PCL, right? In in basketball, we're very familiar with ACL. You know, in, in football, you see MCL and LCL a little bit more, but PCL is a... A little bit of a rare case, especially in basketball. Then there was the knee sprain. Uh, we saw the the initial diagnosis of what it was. Uh, then there was the stem cell injection in March. And then you pretty much the Grizzlies decided in May to go a non-operative route and with the hopes that, you know, the time would help Stephen Adams get back and, and you know, be ready, prepared to play uh, this season. So I think... You know, one thing that we have to be you know, kind of clear about, and Taylor Jenkins said it today, but it was something I kind of had been alluding to, you know, with the PCL surgery, this isn't ACL surgery. You know, ACL usually six to eight months. PCL, you're talking 10 to 12 months of uh, recovery time in uh, return to play, that is. And with that being the case, if Steven Adams even got this in March or April or May, it was always going to be unlikely for him to return uh, last season. Let's say May, for example, because if he gets it in May, then the earliest he's back is potentially, what, the playoffs? And that, mm-hmm. that just that just wasn't going to be the case. And even before that, some people say, oh, well, why didn't he get it in January? Why didn't he get it in February? Remember, at those points in time, the Grizzlies were still hopeful that he could return to the, return to the team in the regular season. It wasn't until March, after he got the stem cell injection, when you know his status from the playoffs were a possibility. But it wasn't a certainty. And even at that point, they were still hopeful, like, okay, we can get him back for the playoffs. So it yeah. wasn't until the postseason ended where it was clear that, uh, you know, Stephen Adams not being back, uh, it was clear that, you know, he, he should probably go a different route. But at that point, 
we had the full summer to kind of, you know, uh, dissect where he was, test it out in preseason, and, and clearly, you know, now they're going to the surgical route. And at the end of the day, uh, whether they got it in May or now, he's expected to be back, you know, around training camp. Yeah, it, and, and it, at his age, this could be career-threatening. Yeah, he'll, he'll be 31. He'll uh, he'll be 31. We're talking about him being back, and it's definitely he'll also be on an expiring contract. You know, he'll be in the second year of the two-year extension that he signed. So uh, it's going to be a big year for him career-wise. Uh, so you know he's going to be working hard because at that point it's about you know kind of saving your career more so than just yeah. proof you know that you can play. You know if he if he comes back and looks like a shell of himself, even though you know you may say, oh well, he might just need a one extra year to kind of you know. Uh, get get re you know reacquainted to it or whatever. Uh, he doesn't have that that time. You know, next year is a contract year for him. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a definitely a different situation. He's going to be thirty one next season. Look, I mean, his game isn't very dependent on you know uh, being an elite you know athletic guy in terms of you know jumping from the free throw line or anything like that. But still, we know physicality is uh, the name of his game. So, uh, DeMichael, you gave us your uh, your total wins for the Grizzlies that you thought they would get to last week. How much does this injury change that for you? Not too much. And Good. and this is the situation here, guys, I think. Uh, Steven Adams' injury is one that severely hurts your playoff, uh, your playoff chances in terms of how far the team's going to play off. Regular season, they can survive. Uh, Xavier Tillman started 29 games. Last season, the Grizzlies went 18 and 11 uh, in that stretch. You kind of boost that up to over, you know, uh, 82 games season. You got a decent team. You got a team that's complete, that's competing for, you know, a middle of the pack uh, playoff season. You know, so I think they'll be fine because Xavier Tillman does do some things well that Steven Adams doesn't do as well as uh, Xavier Tillman. So there is. You know, some of that, uh, the pool there, now you got a guy who you can pretty much switch one through five uh, whenever you want to, and, and Xavier Tillman is going to hold up against most point guards, most shoot guards, most small forwards. You know, we saw games where he guarded Kawhi Leonard. We saw games where he, you know, guarded LeBron James. We saw him guard Anthony Davis. We saw him guard Nikolai Jokic. Like, he's a very versatile defender, and you have that added flexibility. And then the three-point shooting that he's capable of bringing, he's going to space the floor which is going to create more space for the guard. He's also a very good screen assist guy. Uh, no one is, you know, Stephen Adams in that category, but he is very good, you know, in the NBA as, as being one of the, you know, above average screen assist guys uh, in the league. So I think he kind of, you know, uh, keeps you afloat in the regular season. But as we know in the playoffs, weaknesses get magnified. And at the end of the day, the Grizzlies are not going to be a great rebounding team. Without Stephen Adams, that's just what it is, and we have a big enough sample size off of last season to be able to determine that. And the case is, you know, with that, with him, with them not being as good of a rebounding team, not going to really, you know, show up on a night-to-night basis uh, in the regular season. But when you get to the playoffs and you're playing the Lakers and you got to go against Anthony Davis every single night, uh, it's going to show. DeMichael, this news was really really jarring and this year this calendar year for the memphis grizzlies go away 2023 i mean it's it's been tough right i mean you 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 talk about you know 
Steven Adams in January, uh, Brandon Clark suffering the torn Achilles in early March, and then later on, later that night, the same night, uh, well, early morning after Brandon Clark's injury, uh, we wake up the next morning and we see John Morant's Instagram Live that mm-hmm. led to, I think, was an eight-game, nine-game suspension. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, the early exit in the playoffs after you just had a terrific season as number two seed, uh, just the continued injuries, uh, you know, Stephen Adams in particular. But, uh, yeah, it it sucks in a, in a way because it's like, man, we, we felt like uh, this team, at, at full health with all its guys, you know they, they can they can play, yeah. but we we really we will we probably won't ever see the Stephen Adams uh, alongside of Marcus Smart with John Morant with Desmond Bain with Jaron Jackson Jr. or the Stephen Adams with Luke Kennard and Desmond Bain that we were talking about. Like uh, those things probably won't be seen, and it, it kind of you know it kind of sucks for this team because it's it's, it's taken away you know, um, from potentially seeing them reach their ceiling. Talking to DeMichael Cole, the Grizzlies beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Uh, well, there's been a lot of talk this preseason about what the starting lineup looks like. Obviously, this kind of throws a wrinkle into everyone's original plans at having Steven Adams at the five, but when the Grizzlies yeah. run out on the court against the Pelicans Wednesday night, who do you expect to be the starting five? I think it's going to be Xavier Tillman Sr. Uh, there's the experience factor. Uh, I mean, we talk about, you know, it's not a lot of time here. He also started the last preseason game. Uh, it, it, it's just the most seamless fit. You know, I still think when we talk about the bigger case, like I think you could say Fonte may end up playing as many minutes as X over the 48 minutes of the game. Yeah, I flow of the game would dictate it. Exactly, exactly. It's kind of similar to, you know, Brandon Clark. You know, mm-hmm. would, would often finish a lot of games for the Grizzlies, depending on the matchup, and he'd play alongside of Jaron, and sometimes it was Steven Adams. But I think you're going to see a similar situation with Santi and X, but as far as starting the game, I think X is going to be the guy. What does the rest of that lineup look like? Uh, I think it's, you know, the other three guys are pretty much locked in in terms of uh, Marcus Smart, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr., and I, and I think Zaire. Wow, uh, has the entire track for that hill spot. Wow that that would be uh, that would be incredible. Okay, so for Wednesday night, we're talking about the starting lineup. But what are some things you want to see from the Grizzlies in that first game? Well, I mean, the, the easiest thing to say is I, I want to see you know how Xavier Tillman holds up mm-hmm. against Jonas Valanciunas. So he, I don't have to explain to Grizzlies fans, and you, you guys know uh, that. Uh, Big Jonas is, is is a is a very good rebounder. Oh yeah. yeah but even before uh, Stephen Adams came to the Grizzlies, the Grizzlies were one of the best rebounding teams in the NBA. And exactly, and, and it, it's a, a big part of that was Valanciunas. So I think when we look at X, he he is going to be very good against those centers who aren't those big bruiser types. And Valanciunas is that. So I want to see how he holds up in that matchup because that's for me personally, I want to see him, you know, uh, against those type guys. We've seen him have success against Jokic before. We've seen him, you know, in those type matchups, but consistently as the starter. But uh, that's the one matchup that I'm going to zero in on. And the Pelicans are a very good rebounded team because of Valanciunas, uh, Zion, you know, with his explosiveness. Uh, those two guys uh, battling that Grizzlies front court is, is going to be fun to watch. DeMichael, what's out there in a potential trade? 
deal for the Grizzlies? What's out there in the market? What could they do and just almost will have to give up a lot to get? Yeah, I mean, there's so many ways that the Grizzlies could go about this. But potentially speaking, the trade route, like, we know the free agency names aren't really, you know, eye-catching to the viewers out there. But if we're speaking from the, the trade perspective, number one thing that you got to factor in is the Grizzlies. You know, everyone say, oh, they could address this Stephen Adams thing in the offseason. What if I say they did, actually? It just was an indirect way they addressed it in terms of they created a $7.5 million trade exception in the sign-and-trade with Dylan Brooks. And what that did is uh, that gave the team insurance. It's $7.5 million where they could potentially dangle it in a trade if need be. Uh, this is a, a pretty stout 15-man roster where the Grizzlies have confidence in pretty much all 15 guys. So they'll have to make a trade more than likely uh, to make that move. And if you look at the names out there, now getting to that, when you factor in the $7.5 million, uh, being, you know, a nice chip because you can add a player or two or, you know, you can add players along, player salaries along with that $7.5 million. Uh, but players that make sense to me are the ones who are on teams that will probably struggle this season uh, and or teams that have really good center depth. So one team that probably won't struggle but has uh, two quality starting caliber centers is the Los Angeles Clippers. So, I mean, we know Zubac is, is – you know, valued there, but they also traded for Mason Plumley last season. Maybe you reach out to the Clippers, who you recently deal deal with last year, uh, as part of the Luke Kennard deal, and you, you you hit the Clippers up again, and you try to snag one of their big men. Another team uh, with the depth is the Portland Trailblazers. You know, a lot of people were like, "Why? Why are they acquiring Robert Williams uh, in that Malcolm Brogdon, you know, trade uh, in the in and whatnot?" When they already have DeAndre Ayton, so. Uh, Robert Williams is a starting caliber center. He's, his his contract is very similar to Brandon Clark. So uh, I think that's a guy who, who the Grizzlies could explore potentially going out there. Then there's there's some other options. I think the biggest the biggest option out there, if you, you talk about you want the Grizzlies to stay at a 50-plus win level and potentially snag a top two seed in the West. And, and we do. That, that guy is Clint Capella. Um Clint Capella has two years left. What, what do you got to give for that, though? Exactly. You're going to have to match about around 12 to 13 more million in salary. Yeah. In addition this to isn't fantasy state. football. Exactly. And, and and luckily, in the Grizzlies' case, um, you got two big men who kind of can make the money work, you know, in terms of Brandon Clark and Steven Adams, and not both of them. You could, you could potentially move one of them and – in the case, if it was Stephen Adams, I would expect the Grizzlies to have to, you know, attach, you know, draft compensation. Maybe one of the young players that the Hawks are enticed by, and I mean, it could be Jake Laravia, it could be, you know, David Roddy, or you know, whatever player of the Hawks. But I think a young player, uh, Stephen Adams' contract, and and maybe a first round pick or or, or so, because again, you, you you have to target those teams. Uh, that, that probably won't win a lot this season. And the Hawks right now are in a position where they say, hey, we got we just made a big move where they, they traded out John Collins. They're probably going to start Sadiq Bay. They want to see how this new starting lineup works. You never know. They might end up being a top four team you know, in the Eastern Conference with the talent that they have. But if we get to late January, early February, and the Hawks are in that 9-10 seed range, I think it makes a lot of sense for the Grizzlies to get on that phone 
and try to get Clint Capello. Do you think a deal now, or when I say now, before end of the calendar year or around deadline, which one's costlier? Which one would you have to really maybe get into the muscle to, to give up? The deadline deal. Uh, and and that's because, you know, of course, there are going to be other teams mm-hmm. uh, kind of wagering. And everybody smells but, desperation. Exactly, exactly. And and we saw that kind of play out last year, you know, with the Grizzlies as they tried mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, nibble and dabble with a starting small forward, you know, on the market. But um, with that being said, I, I say that because here's an option that the Grizzlies have. Uh, John Morant, in a way, his suspension at this point in time is kind of a blessing in, in disguise. And here's why. Because John, uh, after the first five games of his suspension, the Grizzlies can place John Morant on the suspension exemplist, and that would create a 16th roster spot, meaning the Grizzlies don't have to, to cut a guy from the roster, wave a player or anything. They automatically will be you know, gifted a 16th roster spot, and they can sign a player in free agency just for that time period until job returns. Now, when job returns, you know, depending on how that players play, uh, the Grizzlies could kind of evaluate it from, wow, this is a big bonus to our team, and they end up, you know, uh, waving someone else. Or they can say, well, thank you for your contributions. You had a good depth and part ways with that player. And then at that point, it'll be January, and you'll be, you know, getting closer to the trade deadline. So I think that's an option that everyone has to remember because that's probably the most likely option because it makes the most sense. You know, the Grizzlies, there's no point for the Grizzlies to get super desperate right now. They've proven that they can win a, a decent amount of regular season games with Xavier Tillman as the starting center. So guess what? Uh, you go get another center because right now you don't have depth. You know, if, if Xavier Tillman gets hurt or, or Jaron or Sponti or, I mean, Kenneth Lawson Jr., you're pretty much down to, to three primary bigs at that point. They're going to have to rotate uh, those minutes, and that's not a situation you want to be in. So uh, with that being the case, I think it's simple. The Grizzlies will, uh, they they have the option after the first five games of the season, they can add a free agent. That's just simply going to add depth. You know, if someone has a, you know, a tummy ache one day or something, you just put this guy in in the, in the rotation. Yeah. Play 10, and, and that's going to happen. Minutes. You're going to have a guy that's going to need that day off. Exactly, and, and that's why you need you take advantage of that that uh, suspension mm-hmm. exemption that you're going to be granted. I know in the past we've talked about uh, the Grizzlies using that to acquire a guard, but it just makes more sense now from a depth perspective to potentially use a big if they find someone who makes sense for the roster. All right, play GM for me. I don't know if the money works. I want you to tell me if stylistically he works before anything else works. What about Daniel Gafford with the with the Wizards? Oh, I, I like Daniel Gafford. I mean, he is a, you know, he, he's for one, he's a big guy who can rebound. He's an explosive athlete. Now, he's not Stephen Adams, though. He's, yeah, he's not Stephen Adams. As, as as Taylor, as Taylor Jenkins said himself, he said, "Look, you, you're not going to replace uh, Stephen mm-hmm. Adams and, and what he brings to the table." But we, day, we learned that, didn't we, Demichael? We saw it well, firstly from the January playoffs, 31 right? on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it really showed, but made Rui Hashimura thing, look like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, right? And that's and that's why you need that's why you need Stephen Adams, why you need that center. But when you talk about Daniel Gafford, ne- uh, needed Stephen Adams to plant one on Austin Reeves, <laughs> and he he would have flopped. He would have flopped right that's into right. the uh, he was into the floor. he was driving in there like he was in a rec league game. Somebody plant him. 
Oh yeah, and, and Stephen Adams, he would have he would have uh, been having to uh, debate with the referees uh, why it wasn't a flagrant one if he is. Come on, mate. Yeah. <laughs> but getting to your guy uh, Daniel Gaffer, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be tough uh, simply because of the fact that he is on the contract of a dream right now. Uh, he's on a three-year contract, and he's actually in the. This is the first year of the extension. He, I think he signed the extension last year. And this is the first year of the extension. His contract is twelve point four million this year. It's You're three. It's me. three. It's three years around forty million. That's and, agent you know, of the year stuff there. Sure it, is. It's. It, I mean, it's a. Why would the Wizards? You know, if you get a starting caliber center, uh, which he's he kind of is at this point, uh, you have no reason to part. I mean, no. to put it in perspective, Brandon Clark's contract uh, is pretty much. You know, uh, bigger than that. Brandon Clark is at twelve point five million uh, for each of the the next four seasons, and you know, uh, Daniel Gafford is at twelve point four. So uh, he's at twelve point four now. Now his contract escalates. I think he goes up to like thirteen point four next year. Then he goes up to like fourteen point four after that. But very reasonable contract. I think if the Wizards are going to move him, it's something they probably you know, get back to, you know, in another year or two. Because mm-hmm. right now, it's, it's probably a, one of the better bargains at the center position. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael, Wednesday can't come uh, quick enough. I mean, I'm, I'm stoked we for this We need action. Game. We need play. I'm ready for the NBA season to start. But thanks so much for joining us. And uh, we'll have a couple games under our belt next time we talk to you. Yeah, yeah, most definitely, guys. Can't wait. Have a great season, Michael. We Michael. look forward to enjoying it with you. Thank you. All right, take care. Michael Cole joining us on Mondays to talk Grizzlies. You, you know um, what this is a good example of, Brian? What is it? Is this when I take the victory lap on Walker Kessler? You know, Brett, uh, I forgot who tweeted it out over the weekend, um, but I did see somebody on Twitter say something like, if only Jake Laravia over Walker Kessler. If only. If and only. Who, who advocated that, that on these airwaves? Brett, it was every day for a couple months man crush it was i mean maybe that that might, might even be an understatement for yeah. what it was but you're you're absolutely right if they have walker kessler in here as the backup uh center that would be uh that would be massive but uh the season can't start soon enough i'm stoked and for demichael go over and read all of his work at the commercial appeal he does a fantastic job covering the grizzlies but it's five o'clock and hewitt and dunn we can't thank them enough for being with us every afternoon at five o'clock hewitt dunn boot and jean on the historic square in Collierville since 1961. Charles Hall started working there in his teens and now with his wife Laura, they own the uh, they own the place known for all the boots, but also clothing, accessories and a cap for any team in any season. Western wear, work boots, safety toe, soft toe, even rubber boots, boots for every single occasion at Hewlett and Dunn. From head to toe, they've got you covered with every brand imaginable like Ariat, Dan Post, Anderson Bean, whether for men or women, they've got you covered. And it's not just the the boots, they've got the clothing like jeans, pants, shirts, shorts, outerwear, and the best duck head collection you'll find. Charles and Laura Hall invite you to 111 North Center Street or to Hewlett Dunn com. They're located on the square in Collierville. They've also got the accessories like hats, sunglasses, boot care products in every area, team snapback or cool hat you can think of. Whether it be the Tigers, Mississippi State, UT, Ole Miss, or the Razorbacks, they've got you covered. And Charles Hall was on with us on Friday and said they're going fast, so get over there and get ready 
for the weekend if you're going to a game. And if you're traveling, their travel bag selection is top-notch. HewlettDunn.com, but please head out to Collierville and go uh, take a visit, say hello at 111 North Center Street on the square in Collierville at Hewlett and Dunn. Let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back, we've got to get to our Roos Chris Monday Night Football pick and preview. That's next on Sports Time. Join the voice of the Tigers, Dave Woloshin, for Wolo and Friends. Weekday mornings from 10 to 11, here on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Hello again, everyone. I'm Howard Gosell. Welcome aboard. Football. It's the Vikings at home tonight against San Francisco. And it's our Monday Night Football Pick and Preview brought to you every week by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. With that patented boiling method, hear the sizzles right now and enjoy Monday Night Football on all the TVs like we're going to. Visit RuthsChris.com to make a reservation and celebrate the right way at Ruth's Chris Memphis. And right now, if you're thinking about holiday party plans, this is the time to start thinking about them and start booking the perfect place. And it's Ruth's Chris, whether it's date night, a birthday, a big win, or just because, raise the stake in celebration. At Ruth's Chris Steakhouse in the Regalia Shopping Center, pl- plenty of free, safe parking. It's th- here the sizzles. It's how celebrating and enjoying Monday night football should be done. For any occasion, treat yourself to one of the classic USDA prime beef steak season and brawl to perfection. That sounds great, doesn't it? And then serve sizzling hot on one of Ruth's signature 500-degree plates. Trust me on the temperature. And trust us on a great time at Ruth's Chris Memphis. Kevin Johnson, the GM, and Jared Wells, his executive chef. And they want everyone to know and start planning now for those holiday parties. Make it the perfect event. Make it at Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Tonight, Monday Night Football in downtown Minneapolis at the Dome. Why is an NFL team a seven and a half point home underdog, Brian? Because uh, they're playing the 49ers. Okay, the 49ers lost my... last week, right? Oh yeah, that's why. That might be a, a, a even bigger reason why they're why they're favored. Maybe a bounce back game. Why do we hate Kirk Cousins? That's a really good question. I don't hate Kirk Cousins. I don't either. Do you hate Kirk Cousins? Not at all. I don't know why we hate Kirk Cousins. I think it's unfair the treatment I think he gets. It is too. I, I really do. It's. It, I mean, he's a he's a really really good quarterback, and it's been it's put up good numbers this year. I mean, they just can't find ways to win. It certainly hasn't been it, exactly. It certainly hasn't been his fault. So I, I don't understand it. And he has ruled out a a trade. He will not. He does, mm-hmm. He will not accept a trade. The Vikings are going nowhere. Yeah. I saw I saw a picture. I think this was during the wild card. He went to a Twins game with his family, and they, he, they were just sitting in regular seats. And that somebody took a picture of him was like, "I've been sitting here the entire game. Nobody even realizes that that's Kirk Cousins." Is that right? That's what he said. He said nobody came up and asked for a picture, or an autograph, that or anything. Might be why he didn't want to leave. Might be. But uh. who, who do you like tonight? Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with the 49ers in this one. Seven and a half. Yeah. You're going to lay seven and a half Why on the not? road. We'll see what happens. Whatever I've been doing certainly hasn't been working, so we'll try, we'll try a different method. Uh, this weekend, two and three for you in the NFL. Yeah. 
not great. But three and four in college. That's uh, not as bad, I guess. That I win, shouldn't be saying that. That Brett. wins That's, the weekend overwhelming. I, I was about to say, I shouldn't be talking like that, Brett. That was mean of me. <laughs> I was very consistent this weekend. Well, consistency is key in a lot of things, yeah. Brett. One and six in college. Well, mm. one and four in pros. Well, maybe not that consistency is what we're looking Two for. Two and ten. But I guess if you're trying to take something positive, I did hear Lane Kiffin say, uh, tell you in the post game that you always find a positive way of looking at things. So maybe that's it again. You're pulling out another thing that's positive. Consistency. I'm digging. <laughs> that was my Brett. I'm telling you, that was my favorite thing of the weekend. Was is it? hearing Good. Lane Kiffin say, "Well, Brett, I can always he rely on you year. to." He did it last year too. Now it was after a loss in well, Arkansas. It's better but, after a win. But it was five days until the Egg Bowl game. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I couldn't go in there and go, man. <laughs> we just got trucked. Yeah, you got to find something positive. Yeah, and, and then you said something else positive later. And he goes, "There you go again with the with the positivity." <laughs> I loved it. It was great. And, and he, he he likes positive people. Well, that's good. I mean, you know what you're doing though, because he says I'm I'm going to fill the quota on the on well, the negative. Hey, he's, he's got that covered, I guess. So tonight, I, I'm going to take Minnesota. It's probably a smart uh, play. plus that seven and a half. The Vikings come retooling going into next year. They're in a spot where they need everything, except for Kirk Cousins, except for for a quarterback. But how many more years are you going on with him? And he may be able to bring you more dealing him than staying with. They look pretty lost for the next few years. Mm -hmm. They they really do, which is is crazy because that team was – I mean, it looks like that team was really moving in a really positive direction last year. And then just this year, just can't get anything done and looks like a like a different team. So, I don't know. I mean, it's probably a good idea to, to take a team that's um, a, a seven a touchdown and a half dog. But uh, nah, we'll see. I know uh, I know uh, Christian McCaffrey is going to give it a go tonight. We'll see uh, what yeah, he I'm can do. I'm glad he's not hurt uh, more seriously. I, am I, too. I thought it was really bad. It looked really I mean, it did look bad. But I, I'm glad he's able to play tonight. We'll see uh, just how much he can play, though. Brock Purdy, George Kittle, and company. That's right. No Debo Samuel. No Debo Samuel. How hurt is he? Uh, that's a good question. I uh, Hopefully not super hurt, but it, it doesn't look great. So the history of the Vikings and the 49ers, a lot of quarterbacks to choose from. Yeah, a lot of quarterbacks. Who wants to go first on top four for each respective franchise and let's just see what we think of Kirk Cousins. I'm, I want you to start with your Vikings top four. I'm curious of where you go with this. Number four, he was number four. And he got them within a play of a Super Bowl. He didn't. They didn't get there. The Saints' story was almost too much to overcome. But Brett Favre, his Viking years, was it was really good. And he was close. And I'm going to say it. If they had... If they had beat the Saints and he would have been able to play in the Super Bowl, and that's up that's up for grabs, that he could they would have beat Peyton too. Brett, this is I mean, this is starting better than I could have imagined. Really? Oh, this is great. You didn't see this one coming? Uh uh-uh. uh. Number four, number four, Brett Favre. Number three, maybe my greatest quarterback in my fantasy football years. Oh. I had Dante Cunningham wow. in all those great years. And he was something for me. Saw, I saw him in college at UCF against Ole Miss. Fell in love with him. I think he's number three. Number two, Kirk Cousins. Wow. Wow. Number one, in my not-so-good Howard Cosell, the diminutive one, Sir Francis Tarkington. 
Wow. Tarkin in one, Kirk Cousins two, Dante Cunningham three, far four, and I, if I had to go a five, I'd go Randall Cunningham. Dante Culpepper, right? Da, yeah, Dante Culpepper. I'm sorry. Cunningham was uh, yeah. I, was I, basketball. I conflated two players. You're you're quite all right. Also, Randall Cunningham. I guess it could have been. Um, wow, Brett, that is uh, that's a great list. I'm I'm really happy that that's the way you're. Joe Cap not on it. Tommy Kramer not on it. Tommy no Kramer, rice owl. Right. Um, I love a good rice owl. Uh, you can't seem to get away from the rice owls. Um, I actually have an OLI for mine. An outside looking in for my Vikings. Randall Cunningham, outside looking in for me. Not to be confused with um, Dante Cunningham? No, no, not okay, to be confused good. with Dante Cunningham. It's late on uh, Monday. Uh, <laughs> number four for me, Brett Favre. I'm shocked, Brett, that you had really? Brett Favre. I love Brett Favre. Uh, I mean, off the field, you can say what you want. But on the field, as a player, I love what Brett Favre did on a football field. That Monday night football when he played for the Packers oh, on man. the day. He lost his dad. Oh man, that, I mean, that was that was too, that was too good. Oh yeah, you're you're right about that. Number three, I've got Kirk Cousins. Um, I'm glad you had him on your list, uh, and I'm glad I have him on my list too. Uh, Dante Culpepper, and then uh, number one, uh, Fran Tarkenton. So we're very similar, very very similar. On two our tours list. of duty for Sir Francis with the Vikings. Yeah. He was with them as a, an expansion team. Then he was dealt to the Giants, and that was the Joe Cap years mostly, and then he was dealt back and he finished strongly. You start with the 49ers. Alright, I'll start with the 49ers, and and Brett, if I'm being completely honest, after you get past the top two, there's a lot of different ways you could go with with the remaining two of your quarterbacks, because those are the, the top two are the only ones that have a, a championship. I said this off the air Saturday night about Jarquez Hunter uh-huh. from Philadelphia, Mississippi. Yeah. The worst thing about being a high school football player in Philadelphia, Mississippi, playing <laughs> running back, yeah. the very best you can ever be is number two. That's right. Behind Marcus Dupree. Uh-huh. I, I, and I stole that from Steve Young. He said, the best I can ever be in the 49er franchise history is number yes. two. Yes. I mean, it's incredible. Also, the Marcus Dupree uh, 30 for 30 is oh, one of the so best documentaries I've ever he seen. Was, he, 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 he was so uh, abused by people. Oh, yeah. Uh, unbelievable uh, documentary, though. Uh, for my 49ers top four, number four, I'm going to go Jimmy G. Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not a huge Jimmy drop. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo Got him fan. Super Bowl. He did four Couldn't and two postseason. Play, no, he could not. Uh, but four and two in the postseason with the 49ers was there for a, a really long time, a, a number of years, and was very consistent as their starting quarterback. So I'll put him at number four. Brett, number three, Colin Kaepernick. Um, what he did in in that season that he took them to the uh, Super Bowl was unbelievable. I mean, he was an unreal quarterback. What he's able to do with his arm, what he was able to do with his legs, getting them there, and then really, it, it was it was then what Lamar did yesterday. Yes. Oh, absolutely, and and really, I mean, before his time, I mean, there were not many dual threat quarterbacks in, in the game at that time. And also, when you look at the last couple of years of him in, with the 49ers, that was after Jim. Harbaugh left, and he—I mean—he played for some some pretty bad coaches, and sure so uh, that's not his fault. He played on some pretty bad teams, so I've got him number three, uh, top two, pretty easy. Number two, Steve Young. Number one, Joe Montana. I mean, you can't have a 49ers quarterback list without those two guys being one and two. Yeah, one one and two, simple. Uh, there, there are a lot of good 49er quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I left off Jeff Garcia. That's a really good one. Did you leave off George Myra? <laughs> Don't think I got <laughs> that far him? into the list. <laughs> Uh, Frankie Albert. <laughs> no, nah, a little too you, deep, you, I think. You get down to uh-huh. Frank. Number four for me, Colin Kaepernick. Number three for me is John Brody. And he oh, was that's a good one. He was the best until, and here comes Joe, Super Joe, yeah, Montana. Oh yeah. he, him one, Steve Young two. 
in the Steve Young lost years in the NFL, remember, he started with the LA Express in the USFL with Bruce McNall, the owner, hmm. who also lured Gretzky to Los Angeles really? as owner of the Kings. Oh, wow. And, and then later, I think McNall was the owner of – did he have a piece of Toronto in the CFL? May have. Really? Anyway, he, he, he was part of the group that got Steve Young to the L.A. Express. And then the Buccaneer years that were yeah. totally a waste for Steve Young. But Montana won, Steve Young two, John Brody three, Colin Kaepernick four. Brad, I love when you talk uh, when you talk hockey to me and you just mentioned Gretzky. You know what Gretzky's doing now? No, I don't. He's pre and post game on the TNT NHL broadcast now. Is he really? Oh, he's unbelievable. He's Betty's so right. good. He is so good. Rob, and Rob Fisher was one to introduce me to this nugget. We're going to have Rob with us oh, yeah. Wednesday uh-huh. at 5. The greatest sports nugget ever. I mean, right. as good as that one about staying the man oh, yeah. with 3,630 career hits, 1815 at home, 18 on the 1815 mm-hmm. on the road. That's really good. It's really good. The greatest one. Wayne Gretzky would be the leading scorer oh, yeah. in the history of the NHL on just assists. Yeah, that's crazy. The puck never goes in, into the net. He's leading score just on assists. Yeah, no, that number is every time I hear it, I'm just shocked. I always I'll always forget it, and then somebody will say it or I'll hear it on a broadcast or something, and I'm like, wait, what? Fernando Tatis, two grand slams off the uh-huh. same pitcher in the same inning. Good stuff. Yeah. But Gretzky. It's unbelievable. I mean, oh, that's such a good number. Well, this game tonight, I hope it uh, lives up to be a good one. What was the game last week that we were talking about? Like, eh, this is an okay game, and then it turned out to be a great game. Uh, it was uh, the Jaguars game. Mm-hmm. Um, that one Thursday was a great night. one. Yeah, Thursday night. So hopefully this one can live up to be uh, a really good one as well. But let's go ahead and get to our final break of the day. When we come back, we'll wrap up today's show. Talk about Crunch Time. Broadcasting from the Family Leisure Studio. We are Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. Now, back to Sports Time on Sports 56 and 98.5 FM. This hour is brought to you by Hewlett & Dunn, Boot & Jean Company, and Collierville. Here once again are Brett Norsworthy and Bryant Dacus. Double steak grilled cheese burrito, so good. Double the steak with nacho cheese sauce, seasoned rice, red strips, sour cream, and the three cheese blend wrapped inside a warm flour tortilla with even more three cheese blend grilled on the top. The double steak grilled cheese burrito, it hits the spot now at Taco Bell. And at Taco Bell, when they say they are feeding people's lives with unexpected good, they mean it. 
bold food you can't get anywhere else. Well, Brett, it feels like I have like six things I learned today, about six things I could have done without today. So I've got to just choose one. I guess I'll choose the most recent one because I just saw this come across my timeline. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo has agreed to a three-year, $186 million uh, contract extension. It's the Dame effect, the the Dame Dalla effect. Um, So it sounds like for at least the next three years, he'll stay uh, with the Bucks when his his current contract ends. So that's huge for the Bucks. I know this is a guy that everyone has had, had thoughts about Will he leave once his extension or once his contract ends? Will he not? I know he's even kind of said things, maybe alluding to the idea that he could leave. But obviously, you bring Dame Lillard in there, and uh, the sky's the limit for them. What I learned: Bama isn't vintage. Bama doesn't have a great skilled offensive player. It's not the intimidating force that it ha- that it's been in the past. But also know this: they're on top of the West again, mm-hmm. six straight after being worked by one UT. But another win over the other UT. Ooh, yeah, sure did. Um, what I could have done without, this happened late Saturday night, and actually the news about it came out uh, yesterday morning, but uh, Indiana star freshman basketball uh, player Mackenzie Mbaka was arrested at Taco Bell uh, Saturday night. I think it was in the wee hours of Sunday morning was when it actually happened. Um, f- for two misdemeanor charges, criminal trespassing, and uh, resisting arrest, or I should say resisting law enforcement. Um, what I have heard from the reporting that has happened up there um, and from people uh, close to the situation, supposedly he went to a Taco Bell um, that was supposedly still open and they refused to take his order. He got angry, um, started maybe cursing at the employees that were working. They said, we're certainly not taking your order now. Um, you can leave. And he did not leave the premise he just stayed in his car in the drive-thru they called police police came when police got here and said hey you gotta leave you gotta move he did not do anything he just said i'm sitting here in my car they had to break he they they had to bust his window to unlock the door to get him out of the car so a a very uh bad situation stupid situation very all preventable um but in terms of iu basketball um, I, I hope I'm sure this will lead, lead to some sort of suspension, but uh, he needs to get it together because Indiana's going to need him on the court. They are, and they got a chance to be really good. Could have yeah. done without someone having to be fired at Arkansas, and Dan Ennis was the one that was out. Uh, KJ Jefferson has gotten worse this year. He doesn't have a lot of help. The line plays bad. There's no offensive player beside KJ Jefferson. Anybody game plans around, but it's really bigger than Dan Ennis. Uh, they've lost eight of the last eleven to Mississippi State. Uh, Pitt boss now twenty-one and twenty-four at Arkansas. Arkansas, they're either thirteenth or fourteenth in the SEC right now. Uh, it may be ahead of Vandy, maybe. Huh. It's been, it feels like forever ago they beat Penn State in that Tampa yeah. Bowl. It sure does feel like a long time. Where are you beaming tonight? Game seven, magical oh, yeah. words, and they come from baseball. When baseball was America's pastime, road teams have dominated in this series. See if the Rangers can keep this going for them. This is why they dealt for Max Scherzer. No, you're absolutely right, and we'll see what he can do tonight. We saw him in that uh, in that first game, and he wasn't great. But we'll see if wasn't he can bad. bounce back tonight. He wasn't bad, um, but but he wasn't the Scherzer no. I think a lot of people expected. I'm going to beam to this Monday night football game tonight. 49ers Vikings. You can also hear that game right here on this station. I, I got out of after Rebel once. Yeah. Oh, yeah, never <laughs> chancing it again. Yeah. 
But it should be, uh, it's, it's kind of a slim night in sports, but it should it, be a it good is. one. It gets busy tomorrow night sure with the does. NBA on the eve of the NBA season starting. And we're rattled pretty good here in Memphis over the news. Yeah. Cruelest of bad breaks. Um, and, and the front office has some explaining to do. We'll watch the baseball. Mm-hmm. And can, can the 49ers get rolling again? Yeah, we'll we'll see all of that. I, I think 49ers get it done tonight, but we'll see uh, by how much and if they can get back to their winning ways. But one more sleep, and we'll have NBA basketball back tomorrow. Two marquee games on TNT, and then we'll really get it rolling on Wednesday. But that's all the time we have today. Enjoy your night. We'll talk to you again tomorrow afternoon at 3 o'clock.